listening to iOS Dev Break, 15 minutes of current events, tips, and advice for iOS developers, including, but not limited to, discussions of Swift, iOS, watchOS, and tvOS. Welcome to iOS Dev Break, episode 12, Secret Handshake-Driven Design Strikes Again. Yes, welcome to iOS Dev Break, and uh, this week... The episode may go beyond 15 minutes, uh, mostly because there's a lot of news, a lot of things happening, um, and uh, we have a, a special topic about uh, another sort of user experience-focused uh, topic to get into today. So without any further ado, let's get into our news and current events. Uh, first of all, I'd like to make some apologies for not mentioning the, the website where you can actually find the show notes. And uh, that's probably because I've been a little bit of out of, out of practice uh, with this. So uh, you can go to iosdevbreak.com and you will find the show notes there. Just look for the, uh, the latest episode. Um, in this case, it would be episode 11 for the, the one we did last and then 12 this time. And as always, there will be links for this show. The first news item is uh, something that I picked up from Mac Rumors. And it was interesting because a few days later it was echoed on the loop. But uh, this was the fact that Apple is going to be bringing Apple Watch to uh, the uh, subscribers for Aetna, uh, the insurance company. And so evidently they are already, they already have a uh, program for Aetna employees, uh, but they are trying to negotiate a free or discounted Apple Watch to all Aetna members. Of course, I am not an Aetna member, but uh, if you are, then that might be something you can look out for, uh, and you get yourself a- an Apple Watch at no cost. Uh, so that's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, so that you, I'll post the link in the show notes uh, for that one, and uh, some interesting news to see that people are really focusing on Apple Watch as a health uh, device. And uh, I know that's been the case for me personally. It's been really helpful with my workout routines, probably yours too, if you have one. Um, but anyway, a great opportunity if you are if you have that insurance that uh, you might be able to get yourself an Apple Watch at no cost. Uh, the other thing is that um, this was something that uh, uh, Steve Trotton Smith uh, posted. He's he's been in the news a lot lately. Um, but it, one of the things that he pointed out was that on iOS 11, that the the App Store um, now flags 32-bit apps as unpurchasable and incompatible with iOS 11 because uh, iOS 11 no longer supports 32-bit apps. Uh, you have to be 64-bit only, uh, which seems pretty draconian, but it uh, makes sense when you think about it, and it's not really surprising. We've heard about it ever since uh, WWDC when they, they announced that. So um, the the tragic part of this is that many apps are, uh, they kind of languish in the app store and never get updated, uh, which reminds me, I need to make sure that my apps are 64-bit compliant and so that I can get those uh, up there too. So it might be a good idea for you to, if you have apps in the store, go ahead and check those out and see if uh, they are 64-bit compliant. The next bit of exciting news is that uh, Apple has released new versions of uh, many of the things. Um, for the release versions, it 
actually uh, this week just released iOS 10.3.3, which uh, doesn't sound like a really huge uh, a huge update. However, there's some significant security updates so uh, and bug fixes. So uh, evidently there might be some issues with Safari and related apps. So uh, be aware of that if you install it. Uh, but in this case, it sounds like this is one of those cases where it's better off to install it than to not install it, because otherwise it leaves your your iPhone and uh, iPad open to vulnerabilities. And of course, we don't want that. The other things that they released, that's the uh, this is the beta, beta, beta period. So uh, they released Xcode 9 beta 6, iOS 11 beta 7, watchOS 4 beta 7, tvOS 11 beta 7, uh, also of note is Swift Playgrounds 2 Beta 3, um, which I thought was uh, interesting. With regard to Xcode 9 Beta 6, uh, it should be noted that it requires a Mac running macOS 10.12.6 or later, so make sure that you're running that. Uh, it does include SDKs for iOS 11, watchOS 4, macOS 10.13, which is High Sierra, and tvOS 11. So that's no change. That's that's the, the same as uh, prior versions of Xcode 9. Um, it uh, is also good to remember that it can coexist with previous versions of Xcode. So uh, that's super important. And uh, honestly, I think that's really great that uh, Apple has continued to support that uh, to be able to have multiple versions of Xcode running. Um, so that it one doesn't clobber the other. Um, it does mention too that iOS 11 does not support ARM v7 or ARM v7s, which are 32-bit. And so, uh, if it has, if a particular iOS target has an, a deployment target of 11, then it will not build for 32-bit. So, um, iOS targets with an iOS deployment target earlier than 11 will still build for 32-bit by default. So. You can still build 32-bit, um, but if you have a target of 11, then it won't. So that's something to keep in mind if you are deciding to go with iOS 11 and higher. The The next topic is something that's uh, been sort of uh, talked about quite a bit lately, and this is with the new physical design of the iPhone. And I really didn't want to comment on it, but uh, after listening to Accidental Tech Podcast number 233, in which they discuss the, the clues that were found by Steve Trotten-Smith and uh, Guillaume Rimbaud. And this is about the unibrow iPhone or the, uh, the notch that, is, that we've seen in the, the, uh, the designs. And, um, you know, it's funny because I, I was sort of in denial when these rumors were coming out that I really didn't want this thing to exist, this design. Uh, I thought the reports were bogus, uh, fake, or whatever. But uh, but now uh, it seems like the evidence is very strong based on the research that these uh, two guys have done. Uh, so thanks to them, it appears that this is really a thing. And uh, honestly, at first, I really hated this uh, design concept. The initial designs looked bizarre and ugly, and I was really upset about it at first. In fact, it was uh, so bad that the original title for this episode was going to be Johnny Ive approved that. But um, I guess one of the things that uh, that one of the problems is that I am due for an upgrade on my device. Uh, I've been waiting patiently uh, with my iPhone 6 Plus, and uh, I was just 
pretty much hoping that this year we would have an iPhone 7s, uh, basically a souped up version of the iPhone 7, but uh, which they may still do. I guess uh, there's thoughts that maybe there will still be an iPhone 7s uh, or whatever they're going to call it. Um, but it appears that we're definitely in, a, in for a roller coaster ride with this radical new design on the round next round of uh, iPhones. Yeah, whether or not it's called the iPhone Pro or what, um, but at any rate, it's uh, I've I've calmed down a little bit about it, and I'm actually looking forward to see what they have in mind. Um, uh, yeah, and then also ready to kind of move forward on this. Um, the great thing was that uh, ATP was to the rescue again in this particular situation. The suggestions and feedback that Marco Arment gives in. Uh, accidental tech podcast number 235 uh, is really great for uh, from a developer perspective and this was around I think the 8 minute 39 second uh, point in the show um, what what I really this was sort of an eye-opener to me and was that the the notch could actually just kind of nestle in with the status bar and this would be an awesome design actually um it makes me think how are they going to get the status bar uh icons and uh, uh, little widgets um that uh, appear up in the status bar but maybe they'll just animate or slide around or who knows what um but anyway uh if if that all kind of seamlessly blends together then i i'm fine with that uh and just as long as that that notch that uh doesn't impede on our app design that's my main concern uh so it's kind of cool the um also the the thought about landscape mode personally i like the idea of black bars on the left and right just to help that that notch blend in and not be visible or obvious or you know sort of cover over any content when the the phone is in landscape so um i don't I guess we'll just have to see how this all pans out. It'll be here pretty soon, it sounds like, next couple months. And uh, so now it's actually kind of exciting to me. And I'm looking forward to uh, what uh, what they're going to release. I just hope it's affordable. <laughs> so um, I guess we will wait for the announcement. The other topic that I wanted to address, and this is a, this is a user experience-related uh, topic is on the subject of uh, undiscoverable gestures, and this is something that I've seen quite a bit, and it can be very frustrating uh, as a as a user. Um, so I tend to discourage the use of these when, when I'm dealing with uh, uh, clients or designers uh, who want to do something very clever but hide it, uh, and then provide no other way to do the same uh, same function. Um, the main frustration that I received lately was when I was using the app Procreate on uh, the iPad Pro, which is an amazing app. It's great for uh, sketching, drawing, and so forth, especially with the Apple Pencil. Um, but there was just you know, some key functions that were undiscoverable, uh, undiscoverable gestures. Uh, so you actually had to go search on Google to find out how to... Uh, how to how to get it to work. So the, the main thing was the fact that the app supports groups, which you can think of them sort of as folders in which you can keep your drawings and sketches. Um, and it was funny because I accidentally got a sketch, uh, a drawing file into a one of these group folder things, and I couldn't figure out how to get it out. Um, 
tapping didn't work, tapping and holding didn't work, uh, tapping and holding maybe so you could drag around, but there, there was no evidence or no cues to tell me what I needed to do with it. Uh, so it just, there just seemed no way around it and how to get that, uh, the file out of the, uh, the group. Because uh, really what I wanted to do was get rid of the group entirely. Uh, so the app was not really helping me discover how to, how to do it. Uh, so I did find out how to do it, and that was by uh, opening Google and searching for uh, the subject, something like uh, procreate, remove from group, and uh, that actually didn't work, but um, it did get me to the community website for the app. And there, once I was there, then I searched for remove from group. And uh, scrolling down a bit, I did find the answer. And uh, it turns out you tap and hold the item and then drag it to the title bar. This is a, a gesture that I don't think I've ever seen. Um, it's certainly not a standard that uh, Apple uh, uses. And so I went back to the app, tried it. I tapped, hold, held it down, and uh, then dragged it, and then dragged it to the title bar, which then basically kind of ejected it from the group. So um, it worked, and but you know here's the problem: is that even when you're doing the interaction, you have no clues. Um, I, I was really looking for them to that something's going to happen, or uh, that I need to dra drag it to the title bar. Uh, there was there was no hinting. So when you're dragging the item around, it looks like you're just going to do nothing. You're just moving it around. Uh, there's no clue that you actually do something. Uh, or that it does something when you drag it to the title bar. So I think here's a couple of ways that could, they could have improved it. Uh, I, I'm not at really, I don't claim to necessarily be a designer, but um, I do try to provide good user experiences when I can. Um, but I think it's important in these situations to let the user uh, know in some way that the title bar is a region that I should drag to. Uh, when I am in that dragging mode, maybe animate it, highlight it, do something to show that I can drag that, that drawing to the title bar. Uh, also, let me know what the consequences of my actions are. Um, maybe something that, uh, a little message or something that says, you know, drag the drawing here to get it out of this group kind of indicator or something. Um, so the next problem is that once you get that file out of the group, then you have an empty group. It doesn't just automatically get rid of the group. You can have an empty group, and there's no edit, trash can, or delete button, or anything. Uh, so at, thankfully, that same post had the answer of how to get rid of the group. Uh, it turns out what you do is you swipe left on a group uh, when you're in the home view, and then it reveals a delete button, and then you can delete the, the group. But honestly, I would not have discovered that. Swipes are one of those things to me that feel very deceptive, uh, or they're, they're always a hidden kind of gesture. These items didn't have any kind of hinting that they were swipeable. Uh, it, it might have been in an onboarding sequence that I did when I first got the app, but it did not uh, it, it didn't stick in my brain if that was there. Uh, but yeah, it turns out you can swipe those things. You can delete, duplicate, and share the group. So, uh, so that was a revelation. Um, but this is the, the problem, the main problem with uh, swipes and those kinds of advanced, clever gestures in iOS apps. Designers want to create a clean, minimal design 
uh, an interaction surface as possible, and I get that. I, I personally really love a minimal design. But there is a point at which is having zero hinting, uh, zero clues about what can be done in a screen uh, or what can be done with a particular control or object or view or whatever, uh, that it can become a really fr frustration and a liability in using that, uh, in using the app. So it's, it's really more irritating to have to go Google a feature than it is to have a slightly more cluttered interface. Uh, so I, I, think, I think that's something that we can get better at as uh, app designers. Um, so, I, and I'm definitely not saying to not do swipes. They're there for a reason, um, but provide them as uh, alternative gestures for advanced users who want to be able to use those. Uh, users should not have to know the secret handshake, and that's why I call this secret handshake-driven design. Now, the problem with this is that the user has to know a special combination of gestures or has to know the specific uh, user interface interaction to get something to happen. Now, uh, what's interesting is that in About Face, the fourth edition of the, uh, the classic user experience book from Cooper Interactive, Alan Cooper, uh, says there on page 485 that uh, as a design principle that's mentioned there, that drop candidates must visually indicate their receptivity. So uh, in this case, uh, the title bar did not show any kind of receptivity. So it was very unclear as to where the file could actually be dropped. So this is something that's worthwhile addressing if you are doing drag and drop. Make sure that when you are dragging an item that the target that you can drop on is clearly identified in the user interface so that your users are not confused. They don't have to uh, Google uh, where, where the, uh, the item can be dropped to, to, to get it to do what they want. So, um, so that's a design principle. Again, that's page 485 of About Face, fourth edition. So that's about it for secret handshake driven design. Of course, there are other areas that uh, we could think about, talk about, uh, with regard to this, but uh, basically you always want to make sure that the user knows what kind of interaction is, is possible. Okay, at this point I'd like to mention our sponsor for this episode, and it is Cloud City Development. Would you like to work with Cloud City Development's awesome developers and designers on your next iOS, Rails, React, or React Native app project? Uh, do you need additional senior developers to augment your current development team? Do you need expert advice and skills in DevOps? Uh, if you've answered yes to any of those questions, please contact Cloud City Development today and see how we can help you. Uh, you'll be in good hands, and we love working with nice people who have great ideas, and uh, we love to help you out. So for more information and a complimentary half-hour consultation, feel free to contact us. Check us out at cloudcity.io. Okay, that about wraps it up for this week with iOS Dev Break episode 12. I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, I'll try to get a new episode out shortly. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also find the podcast on 
Overcast. And if you want to find out how to subscribe by those services, you can uh, certainly go to our uh, website at iosdevbreak.com, and there will be information how to subscribe to the various feeds, including the RSS feed, if you just want to do it that way. That's totally fine, too, just as long as you subscribe. Also, if you could do me a favor, I would appreciate it if you could spread the word about iOS Dev Break. Feel free to tweet about the show, and if you do, please at mention us at iOS Dev Break. Once again, thank you very much. This ends the, the show for this week, and I will catch you on the flip side on iOS Dev Break. <laughs>